Sleep. That's good. And the boys are in school. That's also good. I want to hold on before we even get into this episode. I just want you to know I peeped your little shameless plug. I listened, re listened to the podcast, the first episode. I listened to your shameless plug at the end of the podcast. So you mean to tell me if you came to my house, Melissa, the dope wife, the dope mom, the dope cook? I said, Oh, I see her getting a joint off. I get, get you exactly. off. Exactly. Get your exactly. Right. exactly. All right, man. That's now, what we do. The long overdue, it's probably been ran into the ground and it's over by now, but I wanted to start this off a little different. So, all right. What is beef? Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Mm. You hear Puffy asking, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Do you know? I want to know. Man. Uh, Drake, man. First off. Uh, <sighs> Go I'm ahead. Gonna start, I'm going to start, off the, same, I'm gonna start off the same side Drake started his off with. And I just... <laughs> <laughs> You're upset. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because for the longest time, I wanted the rappers to rap. And I thought that's what I was getting. Stupid me. I was foolish thinking, oh, okay. Drake responds. We, we didn't record because Pusha replied back to Drake. And we were like, oh, we're going to wait for Drake to reply. Yes, we Drake did. screwed up our, our podcast. He definitely recording. did. Send him the invoice. Yeah. 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 Because you messed up our coins, Drake. Yeah. I got a question. I see a lot of people. Well, let me just be clear in my stance. Clearly, this is over and Pusha T has won this. Kanye I- tweeted Saturday morning at around 125 that it was dead. So go ahead. If if I'm Drake, I'm not listening to a word that Kanye says because I'm gonna get into <laughs> Kanye later on. I'm gonna save all my Kanye rants for later on. No you Kanye say? slander. I'm not wait, here wait. for it. All right, wait. You just wait. <laughs> you just wait. How do you score this thing in terms of records? Because people are saying it's two one push. How how are you looking at this? I'm gonna have to say two one. I'm gonna have to say two one. Why? Why two one? Well, infrared was good. That was a good record. Production wise, that's not even a question. The bars were there. 
this was the disc was there, and it was good enough, obviously, for Drake to clap back, which he did with an amazing comeback diss track. But then Pusha came back on top of that, and that's that. That's two uh, one to me. I'm I'm giving my sassy side. You're gonna get a lot of that sassy side today. I don't and... want to hear that Drake nonsense. Take that to <sighs> Toronto. Um. Here's why I don't say it's 2-1. And I feel like I'm glad we are the last people to do this because everybody's giving their two cents about what it is. I'm glad this is happening the way it is because there's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Infrared, I feel like I can't give Pusha infrared only because he dodged the smoke with two birds, one stone. He said, oh, no, that's not for me. He wasn't talking to me. Yada, yada, yada. So infrared, I feel like the lines he had, the production, all that was great. But I don't think it was, for me, it was like, well, Push, you've been missing since Drake put out two birds and one stone. So I can't say, oh, infrared, I can't count infrared. I was scoring the actual records, Duppy and Adonai or Adonis, whatever you want to call it. I was scoring just those two, and I have it 1-1. One, one. All right, so what about Exodus? Exodus 23-1. I think that's what that it was. was. That was more, that was for, more Wayne. for Wayne and Baby, right? That okay. was Wayne. He, he didn't, um, I mean, if you're going that far back, then okay. Because, yeah, that was the beginning of this. He was baiting Drake for 10 years. So if you want to go back to that, um, in that regard, yeah, it's 2-1. But in terms of the most recent things that come out, I got it 1-1, one, one, Duppy, and Adonai. But here's the thing that I felt like I needed to unpack with this Drake pusher thing. I slept on infrared. Mm-hmm. I slept on infrared because I came back when I when it came out, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay, push. But I didn't pay attention to what he was saying. I think it went over my head. Yeah. I didn't know that he was setting Drake up for this Adonai thing. Yeah. Even the uh, the Mammy line, uh, you're not going to catch me tap dancing or something like that for white people. Some, I don't remember yeah. the line specifically, but yeah. It, you could tie that into the whole blackface thing. And yeah, he was, was, he, he was baiting Drake. I went back and listened to it and I didn't see that. And I think Drake didn't see that either. But before we get to we before we get to the Adonai, uh infrared, I'm thinking, oh well, I, I glazed over it. Oh well this is this is this is cute, push. You, you responded finally. And then I'm like, when Drake came back, immediately my mind was like, All right, push. I don't know. I don't know if you I don't know if he was ready for that smoke. I don't know if you thought he was gonna respond the way in which he did. And then we said the last podcast that you have to be aware of social media. So the whole invoice thing, I was like, oh, push. Mm -hmm. You don't want to play this game. This isn't isn't your lane. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, he caught him with that cover art. Boy, was (laughs) I wrong. (laughs) That cover art did it. It tied everything in and it just made it even, it just made it even more lethal. Here's my thing. And it took me three days to actually unpack this Adonai freestyle the way I wanted to. Outside of the cover art, 
if you go to the beat selection that Pusha chose, mm-hmm. he didn't go with anything original. Mm-hmm. He went to Jay Z's yep. story of OJ. Yep. And if you're familiar with the track, Jay, even the cartoon, mm-hmm. Jay's referring to blackface mm-hmm. and uh, how we're how we're still viewed, no matter what it is, we're still viewed as niggas. Yep. So for push. And my reaction immediately when I heard the opening, doom, 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 I was like, oh, man. Because I knew I knew it was coming. And when I said I knew it was coming, I knew Push was going to unleash <laughs> what I guess he was waiting for. He was waiting for Drake he to was say waiting. something slick. And he told <laughs> Funk Flex that if Drake come back, he has more. So what do you think of the whole Jay Prince thing when he's coming out talking about he called Drake and told Drake to just leave it where it is because Drake had a song, allegedly Drake had had a clap back and um, it was just too, it just ran deeper than music and it would, it, it would have ended a lot of careers. I, I can't address, I can't address Prince right now because still, if you like, very calculated and what Push had to say, um, I think this is what Meek tried to do when you have information. Mm-hmm. Meek played his cards way too early yeah. and didn't know how to uh, how to effectively use what he had. Yeah. Pusha T had to have this information for a long time. Mm-hmm. He had to was waiting for the opportunity to catch Drake. Mm-hmm. And this is why I feel like there's so much to unpack with this because for push there's so much calculation he pretty much kind of derails the rollout for the clover mine right he kind of derails <laughs> kind of derails father's day because drake's going to be all over social media <laughs> in a negative way for father's day uh it, it it was just so much that Pusha did that worked negatively in Drake's favor. If you're Adidas, what do you do with Pusha? Because he has that quarter mil from Adidas, and that don't bounce. Um, if I'm Adidas, I take the the, the road that uh, Checkers has played during his beef, that Chick Fil A has played during his beef, and that's the play off of it. I mean, and that and that that's where the bigger end of the spectrum, Drake has lost because not only have you become famous in the wrong sense for being a deadbeat mm-hmm. you have news coverage you have Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A says hey see we were right stop eating beef eat more chicken like when you have <laughs> slick stuff like that going on when you're Drake you gotta be like yeah I wasn't ready for that I didn't know he had that I, I I, th- I thought I had him with my W freestyle. I thought I was coming back with something. Yeah, he thought I he think, he thought he he thought he killed him. And for I, a I second, think, it looked like he was because the weekend passed. Like he sucked the life right out of Daytona. Like everybody was on social media talking about Daytona, how awesome it was, and he just sucked the life right out of Daytona. And then the whole weekend went past, Memorial Day went past, and we hadn't heard from pushing. It was looking like. All right, you're going to take this L just like me took this L. But, then he but even in that, 
Even in that, both people are calculated, but I think Pusha, Pusha played this this move a little bit better than Drake. Drake, when Drake released Duppy, Pusha T, no one knew Pusha T was supposed to have a, a, a Apple iTunes radio mm-hmm. coming out the same day. Mm-hmm. Drake dropped his disc on SoundCloud to divert all the attention from Pusha's rollout for his radio station. He does that. And then yeah, I didn't even catch that. That's a good point. This is what I'm saying. You, yeah. this was this wasn't Meek and Drake. You had two people that knew, like, very calculated in what they were doing. So, how do you feel about? Because Drake is worldwide, sells out arenas, Billboard charter, and then you got Pusha, who's more like a niche rapper, and just has like the street cred type of sound and he's not a radio rapper and he's not he's not looking to get his his songs on the radio and he's not looking for international fame he has a niche and that that's what he's going to cater to so how do you feel about the little guy taking on drake and all of his fame and celebrity and kind of coming out the victor push isn't the little guy I think that's the that's the misconception. Um, but if you go to Manhattan and you ask twenty people come in, and do you know who Pusha T is? And you think you're gonna get twenty people to say, "Yeah, I know who Pusha T is," versus if you ask twenty people, "Do you know who Drake is?" No, you won't. Drake is clearly the the bigger mainstream act. But the reason why I say Pusha isn't really on the on the meek side of things is that. Who Push is connected to, his little uh, standing next to Kanye gives automatically gives him that super celebrity clout. He doesn't have the standalone that Drake has because Drake's a superstar, right? Clearly, he's a superstar. But in terms of uh, the craft and where they where the two stand as artists. Push isn't, push isn't the uh, the underdog. The uh, he push isn't the sleeper. Lyrically. I think both. Uh, yeah, I think both are equally on a, on a lyric level. Both both are at that bar where it's like, okay, well, this is what we wanted. We wanted bars. We got bars and not tweets. Push is there. He doesn't have the star power that Drake has. But standing next to Kanye, he has the same clout, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Now, the Jay Prince thing, I feel like that's whack. <laughs> I feel, I feel, the reason why I feel like it's whack, you can't say, oh, well, Pusha went too far talking about uh, 40 or bringing up Drake's kids. Nah, Drake brought up Pusha's fiance, and for me, that said, Drake was prepared for anything Pusha had to say. Right, he had to have known. You can't be talking about people's family and then not expect lines to be crossed if there's such a thing in battle. I don't like this sensitive era where people are like, oh, it was too disrespectful, it was too... No, nigga, no, no. Stop. Stop. No, I don't think it was. 
Jay Z told Nines, I left condoms on your condoms baby's, and your mama's, baby's car. mama's car seat. Like, don't ever talk to me about disrespect. <laughs> and it, it, here's my thing with, with why I was so excited about these battles. We haven't seen like a real good engage where people are going back and forth with responses. Right. It's kind of been lopsided. Like, yeah. You either have we like Joe Button going at Drake, and then Drake's like he's too, you know, he's too small. Like all the Drake stands, like he's too small for Drake to reply. Or you kind of got like the Drake and then the Meek, and then Meek comes too late, too little, too late, not hard enough, and it's it's just really lopsided. It hasn't been a really good back and forth. I agree with you on that. I I, I go back to the days of the the P cutter, and for all you. you the new millennials who have no idea what Pizzetta is. The mixtape series where he had everybody's diss tracks. He had the whole... The, I'm talking back when Rock was going at... Um, Jay and these niggas was going at um, Jada Kiss, Kiss and the Locks. Yeah. Um, when Game had his little squad. Well, P-Cutter had a whole series with just nothing but diss tracks on a CD. I'm showing my age, regardless. Um... <laughs> I haven't seen a, a, a battle that's so engaged since I want to say Joe Budden Ransom when they were putting responses back literally in within an hour. Jada Kiss Come and get the chicken and the um, stuff. Get the chicken. Um, Jada and Jada and Beanie going back and forth. That that was not one and done. There was disrespectful things said, but at the end of the day, everybody knew it was it was just rap. So for Jay Prince coming back to Jay Prince, for him to come back and say, "Oh, nah, it's going too far." Nah, man, I want to hear that. Let the rappers rap. I want to hear the disrespectful stuff. I want to hear what Drake had to say. Do you think there's any truth to it though? That Drake really had a record and it was just it was just too much in it. And he didn't want to cost anybody any careers, and he didn't want it to get outside of music and people get I, I hurt, that, et, cetera, et cetera. I think that's a cop out, and the reason why I say it's a cop out because um, if he had it, put it out, and then like this, the same. Even though we said, "Oh, Jay said the thing about the condoms on your baby seat," Jay's mom reached out to him and said, "Okay, that was too far," but that didn't stop him from putting the record out, right? Exactly. I mean, when Mom Dukes calls you and tells you, "All right, come on, relax," just like when Shaq Mom told him to lay off of Javale McGee, you kind of you gotta be like, "All right, all right, Mom, I got you." I'm, I, 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 but I'm gonna do this you. first. But but you know, I, I see what you're saying. But let me just let me just put this out. Yeah, let let let, let, let me get this off, and then yeah, right. you're right. We'll get it. Right. I, I just think you, you kind of, especially because now it makes it look like, oh, well, Drake was never going to respond and this, that, and that. Drake's on milk cartons. I've seen Drake <laughs> on a missing person flyer. It's looking bad. It's looking bad. Yeah, I don't, I kind of feel bad for Drake. Because I, I think, I think I know, I feel like he wanted to respond. I feel like he needed to respond. What do you think about the statement that he released explaining the blackface? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not even. I thought that was a uh, whatever whatever his PR team was that put that together. 
they could have left that. They could have left that on a on a desk on somebody else's desk. Uh, that was just. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get why people are upset with Drake for the blackface stuff and him saying he's doing it to bring awareness. I get people also saying, well, Drake, you haven't really spoken on black issues since that, so we're not giving you a pass to say that, oh, yeah, well, you were trying to speak up for black plight. Right. <sighs> Honestly, don't have a steady take on how I feel about Drake in blackface. I know he has to explain it. Mm-hmm. But for that same point, that same point you just mentioned, the the flip side of that coin is Pusha T calling the the stewardess uh, Sambo or whatever it was. Right. You gonna dance? Right. That's, so you can't look at one and say, "Oh well, that needs some explanation," and give the other person a pass. Sure, the blackface was, I think, out of touch. I don't think if um. I don't think if Drake knew that photo existed, he would have responded as quick. Um, the reason why I say responded as quick is because if you'd have known that that was floating around somewhere, he would have did a better job of trying to get in front get of that, of that or maybe yeah. mentioning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my question to you is: What do you feel in in terms of rap beefs? What is your gauge on who won? Is it disrespect? Is it facts? Is it like what's your gauge on who wins? What makes a, a rap song? Is it production? Um, I think production matters, of course, because it's a it's a song ultimately. Um, the bars, the facts. The disc. So you, the you, actual, you're going more Yeah. I mean it could yeah, those are the three things for me. Okay. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. We haven't done this. We don't have pre-production meetings. We don't know what the lineup or anything is. But I'm putting you on the spot. I'm going to ask you. In that Jay-Z Nas battle, uh-huh. did Nas win because he was more disrespectful or was TakeOver the actual better bitch? I think Takeover was the better diss. Okay. I do. I, you don't have a disagreement for me, but I, I do. I ask you that because people were all, oh, well, Nas, he ethered him. He, it became a verb. He ethered him, right. blah, 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 yeah. blah. But when you, none of what, like, I feel like Nas was, and I'm going to get attacked by oh, the, the Nas hive. Um, Nas either was, oh, well, you Tybo hole, 38 in the karate class. And Jay-Z was actually speaking from a fan's perspective of saying, no, you fell off, right? Right. right. Reason why I ask you what you, what you look for in terms of uh, the battle, the, the disrespect, the facts of it happens, because I was having a conversation. I couldn't really say what I look for in a battle. I, don't, I like the rappers to rap. If that's disrespectful, fine. If you have something that's factual, that's even better. Yeah, it has to be some type of substance behind it. You just can't be like cracking jokes, you know, like the whole time trying to be funny. 
because a nigga is ugly, so you just want to call him ugly or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what Cameron did, like calling him the the, uh, the camel, the cigarette camel guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it got to be a little bit more to it? It's not. It's, it's not comic view. You know what I mean? Like, it got to be. It, ha- it has to have a little bit more substance to it. Okay, so since you since you said substance, how do you feel about the whole? Oh, I got more money than you, or how do you feel about money being brought up in a rap beef? Uh, that isn't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not moved by that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Neither am I. I'm not moved by that. Because the artist could be dope. In this instance, like Pusha T, but is not looking to have that, you know, that mainstream notoriety, opposed to Drake, who has that, like coming out the gate. That was, you know, that was the vision for Drake, but that wasn't really so much the thing for Pusha T. You know what I mean? But that doesn't like discredit him because he didn't. He never had that mainstream success, you know, like Drake did. So that doesn't like the whole what's in your bank account, like, that doesn't really do anything for me. It doesn't do anything for me either. Um, I, and I feel like you're automatically the corny person the moment you bring up, oh, I got more money. That's why the Meek Drake joint, I knew Meek was going to try to roly Drake to death. I got all these rollies and I don't care. Yeah, like, I don't, okay, I don't so care. What else? What can you say? Right. Oh, <laughs> someone else writes his rap. Uh, Okay, if again, if Meek would if Meek would have played that right, boy, it would have been a long summer for Drake. It would have. Meek ain't having it in him now. I don't. I, I never even. I never even believed in Meek to, to beat Drake. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't have it. Like, and then when he came out with, I was like, man, nah, nah. So it's safe to say the one of the best rap beats that we might have had in a long time is put to bed. Pusher's got this. Um, I would I would like to say uh, no one still has said Candyman's name yet. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. No one said Candyman's <laughs> name yet. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Drake's album. Drake's album supposed to be coming out. I don't know what the date this month though. I am. Um, unlike some people that don't like, uh, so for if whatever Drake's, reason they have a beef. If Drake's Drake, album, what did you think of Daytona? Out of five stars, how many stars would you give Daytona? Five mics, let's say. Um, I actually have to go back and revisit it, and the reason why I say that is because I have got caught up in this society and how we listen to music and you it feels really like break it down. yeah it feels like Daytona came out seven months ago and that's not even the case mm-hmm. like it's on to the next mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't had an opportunity to give it a, a full thorough listen I listened to it a couple of times but um, I'm not a fan of the, the shorter album I love short albums mm-hmm. Man. I wish it would have been like more like 10, but like when albums are like 18, 19, 21, like that's stupid to me. 
Like, why are you putting out all that music? At, like, all of Michael, Jordan, Michael Jackson's albums are like 11, 12, short, concise, to the point. It made sense. Everybody want to put out all these? Nah, save that for like a mixtape. And then the albums get lost. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just gets lost on you. It's too much. It's, it's just too much. I love this short. And Ye's joint was like, what, 24 minutes? And that's all we needed. It was like, Kanye West. I'm, I'm glad you you got your 24 minutes. I, I haven't listened to I haven't listened to Kanye. I haven't I don't plan on listening to Kanye. I'm on that. So you still caught up in the slavery was a choice. So F Ye. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. All right, tell me how you I'm feel. There. I'm there. Um, I feel like Kanye for a long time has been seeking the approval. Um, <clears throat> he's been seeking the approval of rich white folk. Um, as a as a black male who's in a position that he's in, whenever he starts naming who his heroes are, who he wants to be, it's never nobody influential. Bob Johnson's a billionaire, but he never mentions him. Um. Oprah Winfrey's a billionaire, but you never hear him speak about the like the path that she took and her impact. It's always Disney. It's always Steve Jobs. And it's always some bum-ass famous designer that nobody knows but Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like... I'm, from a, a kid from Chicago... If you telling me if I'm if I'm a if I'm a youth and I'm looking to you from Chicago, and you telling me about all these famous fashion designers that I don't know about, fam, I'm from Chicago. You something that I can relate to. Bring it down to my level. Okay, well, no, I may not be able to um um connect with these designers, but I know a Jay Z, I know a, a a a Puffy Combs, I know a Dr. Dre, like. Bring it, bring it to me where I am. Yeah, Kanye. Like, I respect Kanye the producer. I respect Kanye the the creative. At one point, I was on the um, trying to defend Kanye when I would go to concerts and hear his rants. I would hear his point and be like, I get it. It's just that the messenger is diluting what the message is. Mm-hmm. I can't like. For me, and maybe I'm putting too much stake in it, but for him to say he agrees with Trump's policies but not know what one of them are. He don't know what Trump's policies are. He don't even watch TV. But he just he just likes the fact that Trump Trump can say whatever he says, and that's cool. So for Kanye, that's that's the part that he like, oh, this man can say whatever he wants. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's not he's not canceled for me, but I just need a minute. Um I said that I wasn't gonna give him my streams. I I get an illegal. <clears throat> I mean, if I get a paid version of, <laughs> if I get a paid version of the album, I'd probably listen to it. But I, I'm not gonna. Um, at least for right now, I'm not gonna give him my streams. Um, I'm sure it's amazing because Kanye is a great producer. I'm, it, none of his albums sound the same, and there's growth in everything he does. But yeah, I'm I, just I, not. I, I know that you have a different experience um, 
from me as a black man in America. So uh, for you to say that you look to another black man that kind of influential and uh, has a lot of money and can do a lot of things with his platform and he chooses to divert to the right instead of kind of like staying in the middle where we can all, you know, identify with um, the experience of, you know, just being black in America, he kind of like, you know, goes a different direction. So I, I, I can understand that. And I really can't, I really can't defend that because there are um, a lot of black heroes that he can mention, but he chooses to, you know, he chooses to want to be something else. I get that, that you, that, that pisses you off about him. I get that. And the reason why is because I feel like that's been his stance seems like for a while now is that he's taking this approach of oh well um Mark Zuckerberg can you lend me some money this person lend me some money it's like bro create it like you you have the means and the resources and the mm-hmm. connect to go out and do your own thing you don't need to re- <clears throat> I want to say reach out for a handout and there's nothing wrong with reaching out for a handout but you got if this, if this something that he wanted to do, look at Virgil. Mm-hmm. And that that Virgil is put in a position. Uh, Virgil was on Kanye's team, and now yeah. is the lead designer of uh, LV. Louis. For those that <clears throat> don't know, but when you create opportunities for yourself, or you take those opportunities to say, you know what, nah, we're gonna kick this door down. Every time I hear Jay-Z say on um, Family Feud, every time I hear Jay-Z say, I'll be damned if I drink uh, Belvedere while Puff got to rock, I right. yell, God damn. Right. I'll be God damn. Because you're supporting your own. You got your own network. You want to do this fashion thing, get two or three people together. Puff got a line. Hope had a line. Mm-hmm. You, you friends with Dame. Dame had a line. Mm-hmm. Like, Hit up, uh, what's the dude's name from FUBU? Damon. Hit up Damon. He may not have the, the he may not have the access to the money that you're looking for. Damon is a billionaire. My point. Damon is a billionaire. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. You think him and Jay will ever get back to that? My big brother was Big's brother. Used to be no. Damon's big brother. You know what? Let me not say no because anything can happen. If you can see Fat Joe with Jay Z mm-hmm. after all that, what happened? If you can see, um, even bringing the full circle back to the beef, Nas you and see Jay. Old, yeah. 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 So, I, I I think it can happen over time because that's what's gonna take time to heal it. But there's, there's clearly some things that need to be addressed on both ends, um, whether it's on Jay's part, whether it's Kanye expressing how he felt about them missing the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to have a conversation. Yeah. They need to have a conversation. I agree. Um, how do you, what do you think about the Yay album? From, from Give me the non-Yay perspective. Give me someone who's a casual listener, not a fan, if you can. 
Um, so Ye's album was also seven tracks. Very short. Um, a lot of samples. So probably like for a casual a casual listener that would you know, that's kind of that could be a turn off if you don't really understand like the mind of Ye and how he you know, that's his that's kinda like his forte is to, to sample and make it to his own. Um it's typical Ye talk about, you know, his mental his mental state and Trump and the slavery is a choice and um It's a good album. I think it's a good album. I think the casual listener will and would enjoy it. I honestly do. I couldn't see anything else that would make you be like, this is trash. Unless you're like from that 90s hip hop era of like, you know, straight bars and you know what I mean? Like that's not there. That's not, you know, that's not yay. So that's not there. But production-wise, can't argue that. He talking his talk. It's a good album. Is he talking his talk? Or is he talking consequences talk? Is he talking Ryan Fessler's talk? Is he talking... He's talking Kanye. Slavery is a I'm choice. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, so let's talk about that. I'm sorry. So... Yeah. Sahai said that nobody writes... Kanye's songs. That's a lie. Sahai said that. He said that if you're all, everybody in the studio vibing out, Ye plays a track, everybody vibing, talking, spitting, saying random words, you know, connecting lines, whatever, whatever. And if you say something like, yeah, this fan is blowing air, uh, and then he put that in his in his song, he'll give you a writing credit for it. Sahai said nobody writes Ye's ver- nobody writes Ye's songs. Like there's not a person that can say, This is my song, pair Kanye rapper. And then Pusha T said last weekend when he was on Funk Flex, pretty much the same thing. He said, We'll all be in the studio vibing out. And Kanye spitting, he's doing his thing, and you having conversation, and that's really what he pulled his his verses from, conversation amongst everybody. And if you say, um, nah, yeah, don't put that, don't say fan at the end of the sentence, say at the beginning of the sentence, he's going to give you a writing credit for that. But nobody's sitting down writing Kanye West songs. So I don't know if this is, because Saha didn't come along until... Uh, my beautiful doctor to fantasy. So I don't know if this is from that point to where we are now, or like. But we got two good artists saying, "Nah, nobody's writing Kanye songs." What he did do on the album, um, this song about his daughter, and you know, like how. You want to be a, a pimp and a host, you have a daughter, and, you know, karma's, I hope you have a body like your father, not a body like your mother, because, you know, it's creepy out here, and you got internet weirdos. And he had a line about Nicki Minaj. And at the end of the song, he plays a clip of Nicki Minaj sending him the line that he uses. And she says, well, I don't know how you're going to use this, but let him hear this. 
and then the song is that's that's the last thing you hear on the album. So he does like he, like he'll tell you like he'll take a line or two and you help him with like something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? <clears throat> Shahai came around my beautiful dark to the fantasy. Fact. Pusha T came around uh eight oh eight. But I get, I'll give him my beautiful dark discipline, uh, beautiful dark as well because of uh, Runaway. Mm-hmm. But before that, from college dropout to I want to say graduation, he had access to Ryan Fest and Consequence. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I don't really care if he writes his own stuff. Um, cause I, I'm not into that whole war. You have to be a writer. Like I said last time, mm-hmm. there's so many of the greats yeah. that have, um, ghostwriters. I just want, <sighs> maybe it's asking too much. I just want Kanye to address some stuff that don't got to deal with Kanye. The the notion is or has been that Kanye is selfish. He only cares about himself. He only out for himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if Kanye would have did his version of To Pimp a Butterfly And what I what I mean by his version is it unapologetically black. Um, this is what it is. My mom was an activist, this, that, and the third. I think he would get one, he'll get scrutinized and people will say he's just trying to do it because of the times. But I think he'll get a lot of people who may have disconnected themselves from him because of him going so left. Yeah, so I don't like I don't know if he identifies like it's weird because when he was doing an interview with Charlemagne and he was talking about like what has Barack done? Like you were in office for eight years, like what have you done for Chicago? And then that whole Rhymefest thing came out. Did you hear about it? Because you know Rhymefest runs that that Donda's House Foundation um back in Chicago. And, you know, he was like, yo, we need money. Like, like we don't have any money. Like, it would be nice if you, you know, if you could give us some money so we can help servicing the, the kids of the community. Southside Chicago. And then Kim went off on Twitter. Like, okay, what have you done for Chicago? <laughs> and, and the Kardashians ruined black men. I just want to say that. It's, out it's loud. like, okay, President Obama, that's the most powerful office in the world theoretically like there's still a lot of checks and balances there's still a lot that goes into you know what you can and can't do as a president of the United States but Kanye West as a black man with millions of dollars and and this huge platform and all this influence like what have you done for Chicago like you didn't even go to Chicago (laughs) Like, when's the last time you, like, like, my best friend is from Chicago, and I'm like, okay, so what does Kanye do out there? 
Kanye don't do nothing. <laughs> like Rajon Rondo, he has, you know, I don't even think he's from Chicago. But he has uh, an organization out there where he's where he's t- taking teenage boys and he's showing them um, how to go to like fine dining restaurants and and etiquette and wearing suits and ties and stuff like that. Showing them that there's like a different side, like there's a world outside of the south side of Chicago. Dwayne Wade, like all of these people who are giving back to their community. But I don't really see you doing that much. And that like that's been one of my problems with Kanye as as a man. Like you want to criticize and you want to scrutinize everything that everybody else is doing, but you've been sitting in Calabasas, like not not even in tune with the struggles of of the black man in America and, and not even knowing the policies of they affect people of color and minorities but yeah you want to talk about oh it's bigger than you know just being a democrat as a black person and you don't got to be democrat just because you're black and think free and like no it's just it's more than about just talking and, and, and tweeting like we need to see your work like Colin Kaepernick yeah you took a he takes a knee he was taking a knee in front of the cameras every Sunday, but he's doing work in the community. He's giving back like real money. And so it's not just about saying like you really got to, like you really have to show something, something positive. Like what have you produced? And he used to always talk about Chicago, Donda, Southside Chicago, and not having money and going to KFC buffet and taking food out, like, and then his just message just changed. Like, I don't know if it was like the death of his mom and then just like losing himself. Like, I really don't know, and I've always wondered about him. Like, like what happened between being arrested for the sit-ins with your mom and like your grandfather being activist to to you like being a proponent for Donald Trump? I think what uh what happens and you, you said it there's a there's a disconnect. And the reason why there's a disconnect is because when I'm in Calabasas and I have uh meetings with these fashion designers, they don't I haven't had to deal with the brunt of oh well you're a black man and no you can't do that. He may say that there's classism and uh, classism in that world, but you're still a millionaire. It's not like he has the Oprah issue where she's walking, I think it was walking past the Louis store and they closed the doors or locked mm-hmm. the doors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so you can't afford nothing in here. And she, that's Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Like, Going back to Astoria OJ, still nigga. Like, no yeah. matter, that's Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. The disconnect with Kanye is that uh, he's in a bubble. He's in a Kardashian bubble, and all he cares about is Kim. And the, and something's got to be said that every black person that's connected to those that the Kardashians, Lamar almost kills himself freaking 
God bless Tyga. Uh, who yeah, knows what's going on with him? <laughs> like, but and and wrapping all of this up and trying to move on to at least some form of coverage on the sports thing. Um, Kanye musician is great. He's just out of touch, and I think for Kanye to get back in touch, he needed he needs more people like Van from TMZ to say, no, I'm hurt mm-hmm. that you don't understand or you feel like you're so far removed that you can't even see that we're dealing with some real stuff on this level. Mm-hmm. Come out of the cloud, Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hurt that you can't see outside of your Calabasas home that there, there's really some messed up stuff going on out here. Yeah. You don't watch TV, but you got get outside of L.A., Go see some places. Go yeah, back and I, to Chicago. I, I saw a designer. He was on The Breakfast Club, and he made mention that, you know, he he said to Yay, you know, along something along the lines of what you just said, and he has John Legend around him that kind of, that constantly, you know, like, yo, wake up. Like, like this is what it is. So I think he has the people around him. I just don't think he care to hear it. That may be the case as well. That may be the case as well. Um, and not because he's my favorite rapper, but you got Jay-Z with Khalif Browder. If you don't know the story of Khalif Browder, do yourself a favor. Go on Netflix, on Netflix and watch, please. watch the documentary of Khalif Browder. But even going back that far, for somebody who got lost in the system and spent so much time in jail for something he didn't do, that's a social cause. That's, And I'm sure when Khalif met Jay-Z, that's probably the highlight of his life. Yeah, yeah. Because Absolutely. you get somebody who doesn't have a chance, he doesn't have a shot, he, he just dealt the wrong cards again. After, time and time again, he's dealt the wrong cards. But that's just a little cheap plug for that documentary. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's really, really powerful. Um, putting on that finals before we get out of here. Yeah, speaking of sad... Did you see the video that they caught when LeBron was asking Ty Lue if they had timeouts, if they had a timeout? I laughed so hard because I LeBron wanted so to confused. laugh. No, I laughed. I laughed. But then in the back of, like, at the bottom of my heart, in the back of my head, in the pit of my stomach, I'm like, he knew that that was it. He like in that moment, like they had them, they, like they had the Warriors, and if they were to take Game One in Golden State, they could have made a series out of it. And we all know what happened Game Seven in Golden State two years ago, and he was right there with the fifty-one. He was right there, and in at that moment, he knew like this is. This is it. There's nothing else I can do. Like, if I'm scoring 51 points and my teammate doesn't even know the, the score of the game and that we have a timeout to call a timeout, what else am I supposed to do to get this team a championship? And he was just like, I just felt like he just knew at that, at that moment they weren't going to win. At that moment, it was no way he was going to play in Cleveland again because <laughs> JR has another year there. He's like, there's no way in hell I'm playing with this nigga that doesn't know the score of the game in the finals. 
You're not a rookie. The reason why I laughed at that is because he asked he asked Tyron Lou, "Do we have timeouts?" And I don't think Tyron Lou heard him. And then when he finally answered LeBron and said, "Yeah, we did," LeBron's whole body <laughs> he was like, "No, no, 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 no." His whole body language said, "Yo, I want to snuff Jr. and I want to snuff Tyloo." Like, but I agree with uh, Ice Cube said it this morning. Somebody on that team should have put their hand on Jr.'s shoulder and said, "Yo, don't worry about it. We need we reset. We got five minutes." It's like, and I, I hear people saying, "Oh, well, that took the that took the win out of the team. The refs kind of gave them the game." Uh. You're going Thank into you. overtime. He's on Broadway. On Broadway. You're going into overtime. <laughs> you, you're going into overtime, and I think the mindset is it's a new game. The score is tied. Right. You got five minutes to make the best of this situation. You can still win this game. Yeah, but I think, aren't you emotionally like drained at that point? Because you were supposed to win that game. So no, it's now like you, I have to exert another five minutes. Here's my. I've already given my all. I put us in position to win, but now I got to do this another five minutes. Here's my thing. If I and why I always love sports and the 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 thrill of overtime is because it gives you a second chance. Okay, we may not have been able to do it at the end of regulation. You had them at the end of regulation. Okay, get over that. You got five minutes and. If you see the body language from that game and even into game two, yeah, you're right. They were defeated. After that one play, the whole cast yeah. team was defeated. No one had yeah. any any energy, any gumption to be like, yo, we got this. Somebody we got this. Somebody yeah. should have been like, even if it were LeBron James and his frustration, he should have looked at the time. We got five minutes as the leader of that team. He should have went up to them and said, JR, you gonna hit a big shot for me. Shake that off. Could you though in that moment have done that? I'm asking a lot. I'm asking That's a lot the... because no, I was mad. Yeah, I think I think yeah, because you're mad. Because you're mad. This is like you know the mountain that you're facing. And then you were almost at the top of that mountain. You were about to conquer that mountain. And then you just slipped and like I, I can't like I don't I don't blame LeBron for not encouraging Jr. It probably would have helped him though. Like in the long run, it probably would have helped him if you know, like all right, you know, I effed up. But Brown was like, "Yo, we in this." It probably would have gone a long way for Jr. Psyche, quite honestly. But in that moment, like you're livid, and I don't I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. But I'm not what? mad that he didn't. What I want is for people to stop uh, shooting, shooting LeBron Bell. There's no, I'll say this: there's not, there was nothing else he could have done. He did everything. You happy, Bron fans? There was nothing else he could have done. <laughs> he carried this team. Okay. He could have dropped sixty. Yeah. yeah, he could have did sixty and had a triple double. There was nothing he could have done. I'm tired of the passes people give LeBron James. And I wanted to introduce a segment that we should probably uh, do at the end of these these podcasts when we wrap up. It's called uh, 
get it off your chest. And you, you can bring something, don't got to be sports related. Whatever it is, you want to get off your chest. Last couple minutes of the podcast, we're going to do that. And here's my thing. Throughout LeBron James' career, why I can't take the excuses for him from his fans. Throughout LeBron James' career, he's played with the most superstar slash all-star future Hall of Famers than any other NBA superstar. He's got Kevin, he's had Kevin Love, all-star. Kyrie Irving, all-star. Dwayne Wade, superstar, champion, Hall of Famer. Ray Allen, all-star. Hall of Famer. Hall Chris Bosch, All-Star. Shaq, All-Star, Hall of Famer, champion. Ben Wallace, All-Star. Mo Williams, All-Star. But people look at that and say, oh, well, he played with Shaq when Shaq was on a decline. You're talking about Ben Wallace, you're talking about Mo Williams. No, I'm talking about the fact <laughs> that they are All-Stars. <laughs> I don't care when they were, when it was they were All-Stars, they were All-Stars. They were all-stars. At the end of the day, they were all-stars. And for people to say, oh, well, LeBron, the reason why I, I don't really pour my heart out for LeBron having 51 or doing, doing whatever he has to do on this Cleveland team is because he put this team together. Yep. Yep. So, and Rodney Hood, who's DNP, and Jordan Clarkson, who's just out there, like he had an AAU game. Yo. Jordan Clarkson, keep shooting, my G. <laughs> keep shooting. Don't let them get in your head. Keep shooting, my G. Shoot your shot, bro. You got the green light. That's his team. That's his team. Right? You got to deal with it. That's what he wanted. People were asking, does LeBron James stay after this year? If I'm LeBron James, I am packing my bags. It's no way in hell <laughs> I'm staying in Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, unless he wants to retire in, like, a year or two. But if he wants to play, like, five more years, which I think he does because he's in physical shape to do it, and he's still dominating, like, like Cleveland is not the place. Like, you're just going to work yourself into retirement before you really want to. I said, uh, no, I didn't say this. Uh, my wife, shout out to you, Tiff. She said this. She brought hey, this point up, and I agree with her, and it kind of blew me back because I wasn't expecting it, but she said, in terms of the GOAT conversation with Mike and LeBron, people nowadays only see what's in front of them. So, mm -hmm. when Jordan was playing, it wasn't, oh, he he's the GOAT while he's in front of us. He's not playing no more. LeBron's in front of us, so it's, oh, well, LeBron's the GOAT because we're watching him right now. When right. Kobe... When Kobe sense. was playing, oh, Kobe's next to Jordan. Kobe retires, and now seemingly he's falling out of the conversation, which is crazy to mm -hmm. me because mm -hmm. he's not playing in front of us right now. And for me, that brought up a deeper question, and people are going <laughs> to kill me, but maybe we can answer it at a later time. With LeBron James' finals record, if he continues playing at the high level that he's playing, is LeBron James padding stats? Yep. That's the only that's the only way he can keep himself in the GOAT conversation is with the stats. Because he know he ain't gonna get the rings. He know he's not gonna get six. 
And even if he does, it's you know, six and what, 12 <laughs> and me? Like, what? <laughs> come on. Hey, come on. So he's he's definitely patting stats because, and like the assist thing, Mike never had that. Like, Mike wasn't passing. So, like, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to average a lot of assists. Mike was a shooting guard, so he wasn't going to get a bunch of rebounds. Like, LeBron is a small forward. He should be getting about eight rebounds a game. Mike wasn't a small forward, so he wasn't going to be getting rebounds. And then he had, you know, people like Dennis Rodman. He had Giants on his team that was down there to do that. So that's really the only thing LeBron has on MJ. And, and with, according to the to the position that they played, okay, LeBron, that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Except for the assist. But MJ wasn't passing the ball. Well, to to those that will argue against that point, we will uh, welcome you to come up here and do that. Um, but before we do get out of here, um, I would like to thank everybody that did listen to the pilot and give feedback and show whatever love you have shown. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I don't even want to say this is a hobby. I don't even want to say this is a a, a passion thing. This is just two people that like to laugh and talk about stuff. It's just fun. Getting together, having good old fun. Just having fun. Um, you got anything before we go? Um, uh, rest in peace, Archbishop Brown. Rest he in peace. He passed this Saturday, this past rest Saturday. And um, yeah, forever in our hearts. We love you, Bishop. Um, That's off my chest. What everything, you got? Uh, when is the arrangements and everything? Sunday, June 10th, 4 to 7 is the viewing, and the service starts immediately at 7 o'clock. Monday, same schedule, 4 to 7 viewing, 7 p.m. the service. Tuesday morning, um, 9.30, the burial at Evergreen Cemetery here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, all services held at the Renaissance Convention Center, 1338-44 Broadway. I, uh, I did... So, yeah think for one second that you guys are going to try to do Barclays for one second. I thought that. I did too. I did I too. That for one second. Well, but he did have very specific, very specific instructions that nobody was willing to deviate from. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everything, you, everything you'll see at those services was, was Handwritten by Roy Brown, so that's that's how that happened. Tiffany, you hear that? When I go out, put me in my Sean John suit, <laughs> the good Sean John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're a fool. We love y'all. Till next time, we out of here. Till next time, Peace. hey.